הרועה את הנולד, תוכנית בנושא חינוך ילדים, עצות מעשיות להורים, יכולות הילד מול החברה. הרבה פעמים אבא אומר לבן משפט, אתה רואה? אתה יכול, רק אתה לא רוצה. אין לי ספק שאתה יכול, אבל אתה לא רוצה. איזה מין משפט זה? יש ילד בעולם שבאמת לא רוצה להתקדם? השגת יעד עם מילות עידוד. כאשר אנחנו מגיעים לנושא הזה של עידוד, של מילים טובות, פתאום אתה מגלה שמתקמצנים על המילים, לא מוכנים לתת אותם. התמודדות ההורים מול בעיות חינוך. הרבה פעמים מלווה אותנו המבוגרים איזושהי הרגשת תסכול. אני לא עשיתי עם עצמי משהו, אני לא ניצלתי את החיים שלי כמו שצריך, אבל אני משקיע את כל המשאבים בבן שלי. להוציא ממנו את מה שאני לא הוצאתי מעצמי. כיצד להשקיע נכון בחינוך? כמה לפנק ולהעניק? אני נפגש עם מורים שמהבחינה הגשמית מוכנים לתת לילד את הכל. קונים לו מה שהוא רוצה, מפנקים אותו, נותנים לו הכל. מתי ואיך להעניש? ואז אנחנו נוטים לזהות בילדים דברים לא טובים, והתכונות הלא טובות שאנחנו מזהים בילדים, אלו התכונות שאנחנו חושדים שקיימים בנו. על הכל סביב החינוך, בתוכנית הרועה את הנולד, עם הרב אברהם ברזילי. מרצה בכיר בנושא חינוך ילדים וייעוץ להורים. אנחנו, ההורים, רואים בילדים שלנו בעצם את דור ההמשך. אני רואה את הבן שלי, אני רואה את עצמי בקטן. הרואה את הנולד, יום רביעי, חמש בערב.
So today I would like to speak about um, the responsibility that we have um, on our children and actually um, precisely because of our feeling of responsibility we may make a lot of mistakes and we don't um, always doing the right things even we have the responsibility for our children. Well, let's start from the internal feeling that each one of the parents has the responsibility on his children. Well, it started from the fact that we worry uh, to pet them at night and to cover their body with a blanket at night. And most of the mommies actually uh, wake up a few times at night just to watch that their child are with a blanket not on their face, they're breathing well. We are aware about what they're eating. We should not give to a little child to eat something that it's made shocking him. And we have the responsibility on them if they're late from coming back from the school. We're getting worried about that. And obviously, educationally, we have the educational responsibility on them. We want them to raise us proper. And as an integral part of the responsibility um, feeling that we have as parents, um, we also taking care about them, that we want them to purchase the right knowledge for their life. We have a responsibility on them that we want them to behave. We want them to inheriting um, values of their life. And we just want them to grow up as well. And we take it all as one responsibility. I mean, if you realize, I managed um, actually two issues. The first one, the responsibility that we have on them for their uh, material uh, needs. I mean, we worry about their life about their body, I mean, what they eating, why they lating from school, how is the blanket on them at night, we take care that the gas is not open at night, we make them, we protecting them. But the second issue is the responsibility about the spiritual things about their knowledge, about their behave, about their values. And actually, we take it as one responsibility. And that's the point that we actually getting to a very, very uh, tremendous mistake. We have to know that the responsibility for the spiritual needs of our children, and the obligation about their material 
needs is very different, very, very different. I would like to mention what Shlomo HaMelech says. Shlomo HaMelech says that in the Pasuk, he says, It means you cannot take the spirit, put it on jail. You cannot prison the spirit of, of any person. I mean, we can rule the body of our children. I mean, I have the abilities to decide when I want my child to be in, in his bed, when I want my daughter to eat supper, and which streets I allow them to a crossing and which other they're not allowed to do that. I can decide about their body, about their uh, physical things. But Shlomo HaMelech says, You cannot rule the spirit of your child. The only one who has a permission to rule a spirit is the person itself. You can rule only your spirit, but you cannot rule any other spirit of anyone, including your children. And because of the feeling of the responsibility about my child, I'm always following him. I want to know what he's doing anytime, anywhere, where he is now, and where he's been, and when he will be, and where he will be. I worry about it. Because I want my child, I want to ensure that he's going with good friends, that he doesn't speak improper words. I want to know which kashrut he's eating. I want to know that each place he's going, he's with his yarmulke on his head. And suddenly, the values of the life became like just like the materialist, the physical needs of our children. And it seems to parents sometimes that the same way I can rule him do not eat unhealthy food, the same way I can rule him to pray, to love the Torah and the mitzvot, and to do the values, to embrace the values that I actually inheriting to him. And this is very, very mistake. We have to we have to know that we have no any rights and we have no any ability to rule the spirit of our children. Now it's a very big issue and Bezat Hashem we shall extend it, but I just um presented the topic of today's uh, radio show uh just for the beginning. Uh, let me to remind you, your texts and your questions, you can send us right now. And actually, it's better you do it from now so we can evaluate the time 
to put some space uh, for reading all your questions. So our text, our phone number for text is 347-927-8398. I repeat, 347 um, 927-8398. Now we're going to a small musical break in Bezat Hashem. We shall opening this radio show right after the music. Vakasha. Oh, 
הרואה את הנולד, תוכנית ב... Spirit. 
spiritual. It's like the wind. You cannot catch the wind. So actually, in the external behavior of my child, I can force him to behave as well. To wake up in the morning, early in the morning, to read the text which write down on the Siddur Tefillah, to say the text by heart before he is eating something, I can force him to behave in external behavior, but I cannot influence his mind. I cannot rule his will, his wishes. And then he reaching to 13, to 13 years old or 14 years old, and then you can see it's going zigzag. Then you can see that he starts to put away all the values you 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 make sealed nefesh to inherit, and he leave it. You know, he careless about it, and you ask why? Why at the places that I put all my efforts to make him change? That's precisely the places that I made the total failure. And we ask why, why it happened. Because we thought we would be able to rule his spirit, and this is a big lie. You cannot. So according to my words, before you turn off the radio, according to my words, actually, we are to him. We are free from doing something to educate our children because we, because we cannot rule their spiritual powers, their mental powers. No, not so fast. We are not to him. We are not free from doing something. There is a way, but we have to remember this is the only way to try change our children's spirit, our children's mental. I'll tell you what is the way. The headline is to simulate to simulate your child to be well, to behave. The only tool that we have is to simulate him and to convince him this is good for him. And that's the thing that actually brings him the enjoy of the life. But not more than that. And I have to say a few words before I present the solution. We have to know, and I always say it in my lectures, we have to remember that when Hashem created the, the, the Adama Rishon, so HaTorah says, Vayhi ha'adam lenefesh chaya. And Chazal says, lenefesh chaya, it means leruach memalela. It means the ability to speak, but 
This is the external side of this issue. The deep meaning is koach habchira. The person, the humankind has something that no any other creatures in the world has known. The only thing that we special, that we special from all the Baalechaim, from all the animals, is that we have the powers to make the choice. And it's not just the powers to make the choice on in our life. This is the way Hashem created us. That's the way our brain works. That's the way our hearts things. That's the way our missiles moving, just because of choosing. When you decide to lift up your right hand, you just have to make the decision. But after that, it works automatically. It's not like my, my English. When you, when you decided to say something, you say it. But if you don't know English and you have to say it in English, you have two process to, to going through. The first one, you think in Hebrew. Second one is to translate it or to try translate it to in English. And the third stage is to put it out, out of your mouth. It's going slowly. I, I, I'm a private model for you. So... The way we think, we're thinking, the way we're acting is just according to this way, to making choice. Maybe sometimes to be hesitancy, but after that, we have to make the choice on. And it's beginning from the very simple choices, like which kind of coffee I like or how much sugar I wanted my cup of tea up to the greatest decisions of the life. Which place to live in, which apartment to buy, and which school to send my children. It's very, very critical questions. And it's all based about the ability of a humankind to make a choice on. Now let's say that I want my child to blessing Virkat Amazon, or even not about something of Kedusha, even if I want him to brush his teeth. It's not something technical. I mean, you can force him to do that. But what's going on inside his heart? Did you ever think about it? When you forced your child to brush his teeth every night, every night, every night, and you make it very hard, and you yell at him, and you force him until he do it, but did you ever try to think what's going on inside his heart? Is he starting to like brushed seeds, or maybe he developing hating to this action? 
you have to think about it. Because you cannot take away from him the power to make the choice. You can control his body. You can control his habits. You can force him to do something or not to do something. But you are not the honor of his heart. And sometimes the very fact that he is praying right now in a shul with his father, and the very fact that he brushed his teeth every night, the very fact that he's behave right now, this actually the trigger. Yes, we hear it back and we hear about uh, the technical issues. Now, all over those years, he actually developed a hate for all those actions. So the very fact that he functions very well right now doesn't give us any testify for the future. And sometimes people very wondering, this guy, up to his bar mitzvah, he was the greatest Talmud in his year. He was the greatest guy in all the neighborhood. All the other parents just has jealous at his parents. And suddenly, one day, he leave all this way. And you ask why? It's a surprise. It's not a surprise. No, it's not a surprise. Because the very fact that he's behaved right now doesn't say nothing of the future. The only thing which says not something for the future is what's going on inside his heart. Is he feel connected to the action that we try to inheriting him? Does he feel that he's like to do what we ask him to do? That's the key question. If you see someone that he's very happy, he likes to do that, he likes to walk to the, to the shul with his father, and he likes to learn, and he likes to, to be in his bed at time. I don't believe there is such kind of monster, but let's say for the example, if he likes to do everything, if he, if he really likes to do that, that's actually maybe testify for the future. But not less than that. And we have not any scale to evaluate what's going on inside his heart. We can just expect, we can just hoping, we can just pray for that. But the only thing that we 
able to do is to simulate him. And today, I would like to try explain how we can simulate our children to behave as well, to do the right things, and to raise the way that we want them, that we want to see them raised. There is a rule in all the creation. Hashem created the, all the humankind by one basic rule. There is no any development in any section of the life if we don't feel that we enjoy it. If you're suffering from something, or even if you're not suffering, it's just unpleasant. You don't like to do that. There is no any reason in the world you should do. The nature of the humankind is to run away from suffering and to searching for enjoy. And it's spread all over. I mean, in the section of the material things, we're always searching for, for funds, for joints. We want to enjoy. Remember the, the slogan of Coca-Cola? Enjoy your life. Enjoy. Why they choose the word enjoy? Because that's the deep, the deep message and the deep need of all, each one of us. And if there is someone who tries to deny for, of this fact, he's wrong. And he knows deeply that he's wrong. You cannot deny for this fact. You are looking just for one thing. Enjoy. And when, we, when we're talking about feelings, about mental things, we're also searching for enjoy. Nobody of us wants to be sad. No one of us wants to be in depression. No one of us likes to feel frustrated of anything. We're all looking for happiness. We're all lo looking for good feelings. We all want to be in Geula, in Cherut, in freedom. In all the creation, all the humankind just running after this target to be enjoyed. Nobody forced them, nobody pushed them, nobody activate any pressure on them. They do it because they want to do it, because in their imagination, the enjoy, the enjoyment looks like something that the all the humankind desired to be there, to reach there. Nobody forced them. They do it by themselves. The same principle on our children. If a child sees his father, that he came back from the yeshiva, from the kolel, from the shiur, he came back, and his child say, Hello, Daddy. 
and that is faith, very serious. And even if it's serious because he is he's thinking about one of the issues of the Gemara, one of Sugya Muka, and he think about the greatest question in the Mefalshim, it's because of the Torah, let's say, for the example. And he tells to his children, don't bother me right now. I just have to, to look at a few books before I uh, uh, attend here. This child doesn't internalize the value of Torah. He just internalized the bad feeling because of the Torah. Because because of the Torah, my father don't, doesn't happy. He cannot speak with me right now. But in the other hand, let's say that in Shulchan Shabbat, that he makes a very good feeling to all his children. He doesn't remember the punishments. He doesn't remember the bad and the wrong things they did for all over the week. He just enjoy with them. And when, the, when, the, when he gives them a candies, he says, Ah, simcha, how much fun we have. How we enjoy. Look, you eat candies. And you, and you earn mitzvah. And you have a gain of mitzvah, of Onik Shabbat, the Uraita. How many poor is outside the window? You can see it outside the street. You can see them. How many poorest people? They didn't have the right to make Shabbos meal. Did you think about it? How many thanks we have to give to Hashem about He gave us to eat candies and to get Olam Abba for it. When they think about it, don't force them to enjoy. Enjoy, enjoy. It's only Shabbat. You have to enjoy. The rabbi says you have to enjoy. No, it's not work like that. It's not like you force him to get a bed. You just have to simulate him. But first stage is you yourself have to enjoy your mitzvot you're doing. Because if you personally not enjoy your avodat Hashem, not enjoy the values your soul tries to inheriting. What is your demand for your child? What do you want from him? You yourself always expressing the total opposite, and you demand him to be the opposite. What do you want from him? You have to simulate him. When children see his father or their mother happy with mitzvot, but real happiness, not curse of drama, to make presentation in the house. When the children's outside, she doesn't even say Birkat Amazon. Or she hardly opened the bench to say the bracha. But as her child getting into the room, 
Oh, she starts blessing him very loudly. Baruch, Adah, Hashem. Do you think you're a child so innocent? Do you believe you can set him up? Don't be so innocent. They don't buy it. Believe me, they don't buy it. Hashem doesn't demand us to behave like an actor. It's not drama course. It has to be real part of you. When a child sees his father enjoy from something, he notices there is something inside. I don't want to miss it. Because all the process of the raising is built on the base that they always looking what father says, what father is doing, what mother is doing, what parents doing. And naturally, the children want to behave like their parents. And they want to identify it with the parents' value. It. So father can say, you know, Limutere, this is the most important thing of the world. And you have to learn, and you have to pray, and to say, he says it with so bad faces, very convincing, very convincing. But when this father speak on the phone with his friends about the new fancy car that he has, wow, his eyes prilent, wow. So his children, that's not stupid. You're expressing it in the air, and he feels it in the air. What brings the enjoyment in the life? And what we have to say, because we cannot say the Torah is not, not important. We cannot say the Torah is not the most important thing of the world, so we say it. So your child also getting used to say it. <laughs> It has nothing to do with his feelings. There is a rabbi sitting in the classroom and talking about the Torah and talking about the mitzvot, how much is important, this is the, the essential thing of the life. And there is Olam and all what we have here in the Olam it's a known sense when you put it near to the Olam but the most education not existing inside the classroom. It actually happens outside the classroom, in the break. When he sees his rabbi eat a very great sandwich in the rabbonim room, now he learns what is enjoyment in the life. When he sees him with his smartphone, playing, checking all the features, and his eyes is prevalent. Oh, oh, that gives me the enjoyment in the life. Because the spirit works just according to simulate. And if you simulate him, even if you don't notice what you're actually doing, but if you simu simulate him to enjoy from spiritual things, 
He will be a spiritual person. He will be Adam Ruchani. But if you, in your own life, just appreciate the materialistic things, just appreciate and like the Devarim Gashmiim, so what is the chance your child behave in other way? There's no chance. Well, the listeners, our phone number for your text is 347-927-8398, and you can keep sending us your questions. We received a few, and we have time for more. So um, uh, in the second hour, Bezat Hashem, in the second hour of Haroet Anulad, we reach... um,
תוכנית הרואה את הנולד עם הרב אברהם ברזילי. The listeners, we're here back um, with a few of your questions. Uh, before we shall read uh, your first text, uh, please notice that you can call uh, and you can be on air with us. You can call us. Our phone number is 718-683-5858. I repeat, you can call us to be with us on air, 718-683-5858. Uh, 683-5858. Also, if you want to elaborate your question or your comment, uh, you can use our email box, abrahameducation at gmail.com, abrahameducation at gmail.com. If a child does as she pleases, when do I stop and say no more, or when do I let go? When I say no, note that this child would make it very difficult. Well, I can feel from your question that actually you're a little bit scared of your child. You're a little bit scared of your daughter because she make it difficult. We have to remember that the issue of discipline has to stand on its place. I mean, when we say that we have to simulate our children, doesn't mean that we don't have to demand from them to do something. There is a very common question. In first sight, if I force my child to say a Birkat Amazon, for the example, say Birkat Amazon, now, if I force him, the very fact that he is blessing right now, actually developing inside his heart, hating for this bracha. He just wait to the day that he can put it off of his back. He doesn't want it. But, on the other hand, if I should wait until my child will grow up and he will learn and he knows how much important to blessing Birkat Amazon is going to happen when he will be 18 years old. So he's losing all the habits that actually purchase precisely in the infancy. So what can I do? If I force them, it's not good. And if I wait, wait until they will grow up and they will understand, 
I will find them outside. I will not find them inside the Olam Torah. So what we can do? Well, the answer, in short words, is what we call in Hebrew the principle of hafala uvinyan, activation and instruction. I mean, the first stage of any good habit has to start with activate. We have to activate our child. We cannot wait until he grow up and he will understand and then he will make the choice on, I want to be good. Because he's losing all the habits that he can purchase when he is a little one. So the first stage of any educational reaction, starting with activation. I have to activate my child to do something, even if I need to force him. But the golden rule is to use the minimum of the minimum powers of forcing him. Just what is really necessary to make him blessing or to make him walk with me to the shul or even brush his teeth. But most of parents actually pass this stage. They force their child, and that's it. When he did it, that's finished. The process is finished. And this is the big mistake. Because when you forced him and he already did what you forced him to do, now actually beginning the educational process, when we, what we called instruction. I mean, now this is the time to build him, what we call binyan, hafala, activation, uvinyan, to build his personality. How we can build him? This is the point when simulation, when to simulate him, reach in. Let's say, for example, just for case, that I have to force my child to come with me to Tfilat Arvit. Now, I had to force him. You remember, the minimum force, the minimum powers I need to use just what is necessary. Now, inside his heart, he's starting to developing, hating to the concept of tefillah. He doesn't like it because, because of the tefillah, he loses his toys, he loses his game. Now he wants to play in the, grand, in the background. He doesn't want to come to the shul, but you force him. So all over the tefillah, he feels very bad. He hated the tefillah. That's the truth. Let's face it. That's the truth. Now we have to take to taking care that he will enjoy his tefillah. Let's say that your child sits next to you, and you pat his cheek and you embrace his shoulder. 
and you give him attention, and you give him very respectful attention, which expressing, I appreciate you. You just lie, not like all the other boys outside play on the playing ground. You're here with me. I enjoy of you. I'm proud of you. And tell him that. You have to express these feelings during the... issues today. Well, dear listeners, the quick question is, what is the feeling of your child? So I know I have to force my child to come with me to the shul. But the question is, what's going on after that? When he sits next to you, pat his cheeks, embrace his shoulders, Express feelings of appreciation means 
I appreciate you, your child. I'm respecting you. They really deserve it, believe me. The very fact that they try to behave, the very fact they succeed to manage themselves among so nervous as parents, they deserve respectful attention. Show him that you are respecting him. Show him that he is important. He is not like the others. And two days away, when you meet your wife, tell her and present yourself that you don't notice that your child is listening. But tell her, you know, on Thursday, our child, our child came with me to that feeling. What a good feeling I have for already for two days. I cannot forget it. You had to see him, how we prayed, how we sat in the synagogue, in, in the shul. Show him that you're not forgetting him. Show him that you really appreciate him. Not by buy him things. Not by prizes. This is a short solution, gives nothing. Not used to give them prizes for feelings. Not used to give them prizes for good behavior. It's not the, the only place for prizes is when they behave good, not on condition. Not in condition. If you will behave, I shall buy you something. You not buy him something, you pay him something. And very soon, the price list getting higher and higher. Because if you pay, so we are dealers. So believe me, children is more, more good dealers than us. Much more than us. When you show him your appreciation, you actually make kapara about all the force that you have to put on him to force him to go with you to the shul. So you have to lechaper alze to make the kapara. And you have to put some more good feelings that he will have something in his hand. So let's say, for the example, if I had to use 20% of powers to force him to come with me to the shul, I have to put 50% of praising him to make the balance. So he will gain something in his soul. So two days after, he will be with the lightly and good feelings from, from that to feel it. Then the chance, soon, the next time, you ask him to come with you to the shul, it will be easier for him. So the listener, you ask here in your message, if a child does as she pleases, first of all, she's not supposed to do as she pleases. To simulate our children doesn't say, do not demand them, or do not put the rules in the house. 
It's not standing in contrast. Put it rules. And when I say do not force them or to use the minimum powers, basically I mean I'm meaning to the to things that they need a, a, a mental powers to do that, like tefillah, like mitzvot. But I'm not talking about discipline. Don't praise your child about discipline. No, 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 not at all. Because discipline, this is a duty. This is a duty of your child. She has to do that. If she wants, and even if she doesn't. She has to do that. Sometimes parents, they learn about the encouragement. So a mommy asks from her daughter, please, arrange your stuff in a shelf. And when she did it, mommy says, wow, what a surprise you made for me. I so like you. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. No, it's not the correct response. This is her duty to clean up her books, her stuff, to arrange her shelf. She must do that. She's not doing a favor to anyone. She has to do that. This is part of the rules of the house. So I'm not meaning to not say a good word, but very short good word, not more than that. Because we don't want to to stray there's a, a scale of values. There is stuff you have to do that. There is thing there are things you must do that. You don't deserve any prize for it. Now, one more important point. One of the common effects that we can see in this generation, it's people very depressed, people in depression. And we ask why. Why this effect so common at this generation? The answer is very simple. It's beginning in the infancy. When you're two years old, run in the living room, and he fell down, and he starts crying, and you lift him in, in your hands, and you try to calm him, but he is not calm, then you open the clothes, and you give him some candy or some snakes, snacks, because you want him to be calm. Actually, from the infancy, your children's learning that it's very accomplished to be poor, to be depressed. Because if I'm crying, I gain something. Think about it. If he didn't cry, and he just asked for a candy, or he just asked for a snack, 
you tell him it's not Shabbat today, I'll not give you. But when he's so poor, and he's yelling, and he's crying, okay, take your candy, something. Just be, just be calm. We, in our hands, get our child's use to being depressed. The depressed gives me something. When he's growing up, he's choosing depressed to being depressed because he gets a very large attention from his society, from his friends, from his teachers. And generally, the most pleasure thing in the world is to be in the press. All around is just mercy on you. And you don't have to do any positive thing to take place in the society. I can be in the center of the society without doing nothing, just being poor, just teardrops on my cheeks, and that's it. It's enough. It's beginning in the infancy. It's beginning in two years old, three years old. Dear parents, you have to embrace my rule. The rule says... When my child is poor, he is crying, he gets nothing. I mean, I give him very short embrace, a warm word, and that's it. Not start to get mercy on him. I will not sit and crying with him about his situation. No, not at all. Because I don't want him to getting used to the fact when he is in the press. He gains something, even spiritual needs, like, atten- like an attention. The opposite. When I see my child very happy, smile, when I see my children sitting on the floor with the play cards, and they don't fighting, and they're very happy, I tell them, you're so happy, and I'm so happy to see you so happy, so I decided to give you some candies to make you more happy. That's it. Because I want them to getting used to the other effect. When I'm happy, when I'm active, I also gain something. But when I'm poor, I gain nothing. When my child say. Daddy, can you give me a biscuit to eat? I tell him, believe me, I really want to give you, but I cannot because you're so poor. And when someone poor in this house, he's getting nothing. No, Daddy, please, I want it. I tell him, I want you to make a big smile and dance for one minute. And if your dance will be very beautiful, I will give you. <laughs> so he is very embraced. What are you talking about, Daddy? You heard what I told you? If you make a big smile and dancing for one minute, I will give it to you. It's some biscuits. That's it. That's it. That's the way. So 
So you have to set your rules in your home. And don't be afraid to say no. But when you already say no, be consistent. So about your question, you have to remember that if you decided that this is the time to say no, say no. Don't don't wait until it will be very difficult. Just say no, and don't be afraid of your child. And if you want to learn uh, more about uh, discipline issues, you can go to the website of Jaybridge Radio, and on the search line you can write Harayat Anurad, or you can write Barzilai in English, and you reach our archive, you can find a lot of lectures about the issue of discipline. Uh, our phone number for your text, dear listeners, is 347-927-8398. I repeat, 347-927-8398. You are listening to Harayat Anulad. This is a live broadcast. Today is 11 January 2014. And now we're going to a small musical break and to the rest of your question. Text messages, 347 347- 97-83-98. Stay with us.
תוכנית הרואה את הנולד, עם הרב אברהם ברזילי. It's not a question of punishment. 
this is a question of how we manage our house. We already explained that punishment gives us nothing. It's not the way precisely or rather especially in the things that we want them to be part of their life. For example, if I want my child to pray in a shul or I want him to say Birkat Amazon or even if I, wa- I want him to, to brush his teeth, I, wa- I want him to do it constantly for all over his life. So each thing that I try to make my child doing it for all his life will not go in by punishment. Because the power of punishment, this is a one-time event. It's something that happens, you know, one time uh, a month or one time a year. This is a very tremendous thing. But the way that we punished our children today so many times a day, so even the value of punishment we lost. So it's just our nervousness that we want to break it down or our children's heads, and it's not working. So there are no rules, but I'm inviting you to listening to the previous lecture. I think all the answers there. So the word consequences, you write. You have to find consequences, but you have to do that by your way. There are no rules out of that, and we cannot give uh, rules um, out of that. Uh, now I would like to go to the next um, text that you send us. Um, how can we get our children to help clean? Even their plates are in, are not cleaned up, and clothing left on floor. Well. Uh, this is very common uh, effect. I mean that if you right now uh, knocking on the neighbor's door, you can find their pajamas on the floor. Uh, even if you think that it's not going like this in the other families, I can ensure you it's going like this in 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 many families. It doesn't mean it's okay, but I just want to calm you down. Don't worry about it. Now, how you can get your children to help clean? Well, first of all, there is no any chova, any dut, uh for children to help their parents uh, to clean out the house. You not pay them, and they didn't make any uh, contract with you to assist in the cleaning of the house. But you ask, it's not educationally. I want to educate them to be partner of the house, to be nosebe olim chavero, to respect their parents, yes. But first of all, you have to test with yourself. What is the source of your demand from your child to clean up the house? 
if this is a pure source just because I want to educate them or because I'm so nervous and there's big mess and I want them to help me. If you just want them to help you, if you have to know, they don't must do that. Now, you want to educate them. So first of all, you have to find the things that you don't really care about it. I mean, let's say that you don't care about the floor in the basement. And you say to your child, please, take the broomstick, and I want you to clean it up the basement. Now, you inside, you don't really care about it. Now you can educate your child, because even if he will not do it, you will not be angry about him because you don't really care about it. That's the way we start to educate our children to clean the house. But if we just ask because of our needs, we have to pay for someone to be living, but not for our children. Now, for the other question, even the plates are not cleaned up, no problem. You also don't wash their plates. And when you serve the meal, and especially if you're making something that they very, very like to eat, Mommy, give me to eat. Okay, please, my dear child, open your two palms, and I will pour the warm, uh, what I cooked for you, into your hands. No, it's warm, it's hot. Where is the plate? Oh, it's still here. You can wash it if you want. Or you can give it up. You don't have to eat. That's what we call not punishment. This is circumstances. This is the circumstances of your deeds. You didn't wash your plates. So, you have no plate to eat in. Why are you so angry? Who are you angry with? Now he can be angry just for himself. Just with himself. Now, that's the way they will wash the dishes, believe me. And, and, and the same way about their clothes. If you see their clothing left on the floor, don't wash it. Don't wash it. Put him on the floor. When he is looking for his pajama, let him to looking for it. I know it's very difficult for us, the parents, because we want to see the house clean. I know. If it's so difficult to you to leave the clothing on the floor. So I suggest to you, collect the clothing, but hide them. Especially the clothing that is very important to your daughter or to your son. Take it and hide it. When you ask for him, please collect all the toys or all the Lego from the floor, and they don't do it. Don't leave this mess. 
this is your right. This is your house. You want to see your home clean. I agree with you. Take it, collect it, and hide it. And tell them, from right now, every toy that I find in the floor, I take it and I hide it. Or maybe I will move it to another family. They, they need for toys. You know what you gain? You gain when you will see. When they will collect their toys, they will do that for themselves, not for you. Today, if they lift up the clothing from the floor, they feeling, oh, we did a favor to mommy. Or we scared for mommy. I don't want her to yell at me or to hit me. That's the only reason I collect the toys or clothing from the floor. But you, stay calm. Just take it. Take the most important things to your child. Take it and hide it. Next time, they will collect it very fast before you should find it. Um, well, uh, let me to remind you, our phone number for your text messages is 347-927-8398. I repeat, 347-927-8398. This is the phone number for your text messages. You send it, and we read it. Now to the next uh, question, to the next text. I agree with the previous question, but sometimes I feel like I have to say no so many times. I feel bad, especially when it comes to snack. My kids just keep asking. Um, well, we have to remember Sometimes, and one of the very, very destroyable things or thoughts that parents have is guilty. They feel guilty. Why I say so many times, no. And actually, because of it, there is no any consistent line in the home. Because when parents feel so bad with themselves, so they start to say yes for everything and grant a lot of things to the children. And then they, one more time, began be, to be frustrating and also they avoid why I did say yes. And it's make very, very balagan, very mess. We have to find what is our line in the house. And the golden rule in the Chinuch to say as less this, uh, that I can the word no. I mean, if you have your rules, in our home we don't eat snacks in Yemechol, just only in Shabbat or only in Rosh Chodesh. This is very acceptable rule. And that's it. Your children has to match themselves to your rules. That's definitely okay. There is no any problem with that. 
But the problem is when we feel so guilty. You have to think with yourself, with your husband, and set the rules of the house. If it's too hard to you, so start to set the rules for the next three months, okay? Tell them. For all the winter, this is our rules right now. If, if, if it's too heavy for you to take, you know, a decision for all, all over your life. But you don't have to feel that you have to say so many times no. Because, because you are not stable in your rules, you actually have to say so many times no. But if you will be very definitely, and you say no, that's it. In Yom Chol, we're not eating snacks. Or we're eating snacks only in Shabbat. And that's it. And you feel that you make the right thing. That's it. So they will ask once, they will ask twice. But finally, it will pass. But you have to be very stable. And you have to know that if Hashem gave you this specific children, actually Hashem tells you, I trust you from all over the parents in the world. He gave the exact children to the exact parents. This is the only match. And you are the only one who can raise them as proper. You are the only one who can raise them the way that Hashem wants them to be raised. And Hashem gave you the permission to raise them. Only for you. You will not feel guilty. You will not feel so bad. Because you know, if you decided by your mind to say no or to say yes, Hashem gives you haskama. He gives you the permission to do that. Trust yourself. Trust your authority and go with it. And even if you made mistakes, even if the matter, in matter in fact, you made a mistake, but first you thought about it and this is the conclusion you got. So you have to know that Hashem agree with you. That's the brain He gave you. You thought about it. You make your hishtadlut to do the right thing. And that's it. Even if, you ha if you, even if you had a mistake, you actually behaved as well. Don't worry about it and don't feel guilty about it. Our phone number for your text messages, we have a few minutes, 347 927 8398. Uh, dear listeners, uh, let me to remind you we have Bezrat Hashem a new website. 
in the Bezat Shem, this is in the final stages uh, of the building of this, uh, um, of to build this website, and Bezat Shem, all the contains of Harayat uh, Anulad, and all the contains of uh, my lectures, video lectures, uh, it's dual, um, dual website in English and in Hebrew with different uh, contents. I mean, in the English website, you find uh, uh, many articles and many videos uh, only in English. And in the Hebrew uh, section, in the Hebrew website, you can find um, a lot of articles and video lectures um, for you, dear listeners. So, Bezat Hashem, I hope um, until the end of this month, uh, we shall announce about uh, the new address of the website. And if you want us to um, tell you when it happens, so send us an email to abrahameducation at gmail.com. And Bezat Hashem, uh, we shall let you know when the website is all, already on air. Uh, one more question of you. I have an uh, 11 years old son that steal money to buy candy and snacks. And if he doesn't find his stick, sticks from store, we have talked to him many about how serious it is. What can we do to stop him? First of all, I have to say that I have no uh, plenty of time to explain it as well. So, Be'ezat Hashem, in the beginning of the next uh, radio show, I will give you the full answer. But few words I'll tell you. I believe, and you can let me know by one more text, that you actually, maybe in the previous um, years, you always avoid him from buying snacks. We know that this is very common effect that uh, we can find that families that actually worry about the health of their child and they try to avoid them from eating some candies and snacks. Um, so they actually uh, are developing desire for these things. Or maybe uh, you avoid from them uh, money. I mean, they ask for uh, $1 to buy something, and, you know, they have to ask so many times until they can see $1. So, actually, it's developing a very uh, tremendous desire uh, for money. So, he steals money. So, we have to, to check it out, what he is doing with his money. If all the money he's stealing is just for candies and snakes, it means that he has a very... Uh, lack, um, and he and and he, and he needs that because maybe you try to avoid uh, him from eating these uh, things in the earlier years. But because I am losing a lot of details here in the question, so I inviting you inviting you to send us more details, and Bezat Hashem, we shall answer in the next radio show. You can also call me right after this radio show, Bezat Hashem. And uh, and I shall answer you. I hope. Uh, now, dear listeners, we have a few minutes uh, to give you my phone number. Um, forget about the all previous uh, phone numbers. 
we have a phone number, a new phone number. This is an America number. Um, my phone number is 917-809-4944. I repeat, 917-809-4944. You can call me every night between the hours of 10 p.m. up to 12 midnight, Israel time, of course. And you can reach me at my home in uh, in uh, 927, 972, this is Israeli area code, and then 357 Bye-bye. 